0: Hi,
1: I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I'm talking to best-selling author Sarah Pendrick about an unconventional guide to owning your worth, cultivating self-love, and standing in your power, and so much more. Just before we begin, I want to remind you that this podcast is educational. If you need medical advice, please contact the appropriate medical professional. Just a note before we begin today's episode – If you enjoy listening to my podcast and want to get access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, sign up today to become a Patreon member. Every month I will be releasing special bonus podcasts on topics you have requested, doing live Q&As and more. When you sign up today, you will get immediate access to two podcasts on topics I think are so important and pertinent, how to become less emotionally reactive, and how to capture and edit thoughts before they become harmful. You will also have access to exclusive digital downloads and become part of a special community. Sign up today at patreon.com forward slash Leaf. The link will also be in the show notes. And now, on to today's podcast. Sarah, I'm so looking forward to our interview. You talk about something that's really so important, considering we've been such a male-dominated society for so long. And you really touch on what I love. I'm just going to read something from your webpage that I I loved. You said, I'm obsessed with guiding women to shine their brightest, share their gifts, and live a passionate, purpose-driven life. And you've created a sacred space for women to connect and to radiate. I love that. I love that connecting and radiating versus competing. So welcome to my
0: podcast. And thank you so much for coming on to share what you do. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you do. Thank you for... Everything that you do for women and men in the world, so I'm excited to be here today. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, let's just
1: begin at the beginning. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about you. My audience, a little bit about you. They've heard your bio, but it's always nice hearing it from you. You know, yeah. tell us something special about you. You know, something that you that isn't in your bio. You know, what, what your bio is, but maybe something that isn't in your bio.
0: And why do you do what you do? Mm, okay. So. I feel like I've always known what I wanted to do. I believe that all of us have, but then, of course, society and all the things that we go through can sometimes take us off track. And ultimately, you know, we end up back on the journey where we were supposed to be. So I believe that everything happens for a reason and happens for you. And I think when at least the earliest memory that I have was about knowing what I wanted to do was when I was five, I would like line up all my stuffed animals and be like speaking to them and like wanting to know their feelings and all of these different things. Yeah. And then my dad was an entrepreneur. So I kind of like watched how he did things. And then at the age of five, I had gone through some trauma. So from like five to 18, I was just trying to make it in the world. And though my heart always, yeah, I mean, I, Everything that I've gone through, I I it's literally put me where I am today. So I have compassion for everything, and I'm I'm proud of the person that I am. And so for you know your teenage years, those are already hard years to begin with. But having gone through assault and some abuse, I just had gone off track of what I wanted to do, but I always knew that I wanted to support women and everything that I had gone through just made that stronger and made that fire inside, but I knew I needed to start with myself. So I actually was like, Hey, I want to be able to help people. I also want to learn as to how to get through my own trauma, my own trauma and my own healing. And so I went to school to be a psychologist and I was going through getting my master's and I was going to get my PhD and I decided not to. And because my whole life I'd been doing what everyone else had told me to do, and so there was just something inside me that was like, move to LA, made no sense. I mean, (laughs) I loved school. I had a plan. Move to LA. And you will find what you need there. So I actually had dropped out of school, moved to LA and started these women's groups and just really married like all my passions, which was charity work, psychology, and just supporting women. And I created this brand called Girl Talk and just started doing these women's events everywhere and just really bringing women together to talk about things that we really needed in the mindset of supporting each other rather than competing with each other. And so... That's kind of like brought me to where I am today and writing my first book, Beautifully Brave and everything that I do. And I know you said, tell me something that's not in your bio, but I think that just the own trauma and my own journey, even though I talk about it, it was something that has really brought me to, like I said, where I am today and even have has given me the confidence and the bravery to do anything that I do, even though it was absolutely terrible what I had gone through as a child. Mm. First of all, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry that you went through that. I don't know
1: how much, if you wanted to go into any depth anymore, you're more than welcome. But you obviously went through reconceptualizing and dealing with that and reprocessing. A lot of what I teach is helping people to Years as a therapist and, and a clinical neuroscientist type therapist is helping people to get to the root core of their issues and deconstruct and reconstruct. And I always use, these my trees? I always use these tree analogies to help people understand thoughts being trees and, you know, deconstructing them. So you, you've taken your experience and you've turned it around as a passion to help women. And that transition was a major thing for you. And it obviously happened over your, you know, you skipped over from five to, to where you are at today quite. Quite quickly as an introduction, but do you, do you do you feel comfortable going back and talking a little bit about how you got to this where you, where you are today in a little bit yeah. more depth? Because I think yeah. that helps people a lot. Because so many people, it's way too often that people are abused, as we both know, and it's just this, the numbers are terrible. And women don't talk about it because of our male-dominated patriarchal society that's been going on for way too long. And yeah. I'm a lot older than you, and things have changed dramatically. Then you know, then compared to what they were, but it's still you know, it's still not right, and so I don't know if you want to speak to any of that. If I've if I've triggered anything, I just would oh, love you to share. Yeah.
0: So there's triggered a lot. sense. sorry. Triggered in a good sense, so yeah. no, not in a bad. Triggered sense. in a good way. So when I was five, I actually was sexually assaulted from a babysitter, and that, and then. So I don't want to like speed through things, but that happened to me when I was five, and then again when I was ten, a family member attempted to, but I was older at that age and I knew that it was wrong. And in a way, even though you're still so young at 10, 11 years old, I got out of the situation and I told someone right away. And then when I was 18 out on my own going off to school and I, and I lived in, I lived in a family where everyone just did their best. And I know how loved I was, but there was a lot of you know, the patriarchy that we were talking about and that old mindset. And half of my family was Italian and they just didn't know what to do with a woman that wanted to be on her own and didn't want to do these normal society rules that we were used to. So as for all the things that had happened to me growing up and living in that and just knowing that's not for me, like I'm not traditional that way. And I also want to stand up women have a voice. So I was so excited to go off to school because for me, school meant independence and then getting out of the environment that I didn't have like any control of during those years. So when I went to school and I was like around 18 or 19, I was raped. So I have had just from a very like throughout my journey, a lot of experiences with this, with, you know, the unhealthy masculine and everything that happened. Those two experiences when I was 10 and 19, I processed on my own and just did as much healing as I did. Because like you said, I didn't, especially I had told the experience when I was 10, but when I was 18, 19, going off to school and I was at a party, it was all those things that, you know, was that my fault? Did I put myself in that situation? Yeah. So then I spent like those few years. And when I came to LA, I think that's why that voice inside of me, because it was like, yes, you're going to do something really big, but you're also going to find a lot of healing in this. Because everyone was like, you're insane. You're about to go and get your PhD and have a secure job and all of the things, and you're going to leave it all and go to LA. But that was the best decision I ever made because that helped me process what happened to me when I was 18 and 19. And as I built Girl Talk and as I was supporting other women and bringing women in community, I was healing myself. Wow.
1: When it comes to my mental self-care regimen, exercise is an essential part of what I do every day to keep my mind and body healthy. But occasionally, I get into the zone and work out a little too hard, which can lead to some pretty stressful aches and pains. Thankfully, this has changed since I discovered Home edX. They've got a whole line of massage products from a massage gun with built-in hot and cold technology to a massage cushion that lets you lie down or sit up depending on your therapeutic needs to a three-in-one foot massager with a vibration so powerful it loosens the muscles in your legs and lower back. The moral of the story is that Home Edics has massages that address your pain points from head to toe. I love their travel-friendly double barrel total body massager and it's amazing. I truly feel like I recover from a workout much better now, even when I'm away for work. It has become an essential part of my daily routine. Whether you're dealing with chronic pain or just looking to help your muscles recover from a workout, we've got good news. Right now, if you go to HomeMedics.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the promo code Dr. Leaf, you'll receive a free portable phone sanitizer when you buy $100 or more in massage products. That's a $60 value. That's H O M E D I C S dot com slash Dr. Leaf and use the promo code Dr. Leaf for your free portable phone sanitizer with a $100 massage of purchase. The link and details will be in the show notes. So it was reaching out to others in that process. You know, there's an interesting statistic, I don't know if you've ever seen the study, where there, if you in the midst of your pain, one of the quickest ways of improving your healing is to help others. And that's by a 68 plus percent factor that when you reach out, it doesn't mean that you, you know, you can't get help, obviously. But in helping others, you help yourself by an increased factor of 68%. So you demonstrate that so clearly with, so you went to LA and you immediately started these girl groups. How did you do that? What, what do they look like? What do you mean? Yeah. So
0: When I went to LA, I just noticed, like I said, the mindset that I I wanted to do a lot of different things. I wanted to marry my passions. I wanted to marry the thing, marry all the things that I was like an expert per se and but I didn't know anyone in LA. And I, at that time, there's so many amazing entrepreneurs around the world and people around the world. But at the time and in LA, I didn't know anyone that was like, like, I didn't know anyone that thought the same way that I did or wanted to have the conversations that you and I are having Right. right now. I had never, I'd always had those conversations on my own or with a therapist, never with my community. So I was like, if I feel this way, and for everyone that's listening, obviously feels a certain way about something or wants to start something and they're holding off. And if you want to start it and you can't stop thinking about it, then for me, I take that as a sign that there's other people out there like you that need that same thing. Oh, that's amazing. What a way of saying it. That's really beautiful. Yeah. So then I just, thank you. So then I just, I was like, I have no, I feel like it was the, it was the scariest time to start a business, absolutely knowing nothing of starting like a women's group, but it was also the easiest time because I was in such passion and determination. And like you said, I don't know that I realized it at the time, but I was healing.
1: Yeah, you were healing. So you felt and you knew what you needed. There was this, inst- yeah. you followed
0: your instinct,
1: you followed your intuition, you followed that inner core of who you are, your, your aliveness. I call that, you know, that basically I call that the mind, you know, you followed your wide for love nature. And it drove you and you tuned into yourself, which is powerful because that's not easy when you've been through so much trauma to tune into yourself to that extent and to transition so, so powerfully. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. So it's like you said, like your intuition, it was like my second brain. I was like, oh, (laughs) you need to be here for a reason. And, and through starting Girl Talk and starting the groups, what I did was I just went around. I started small. I went in my community of Manhattan Beach and went around to different businesses, went around to different room, women's groups that already existed. I had a lot of no's. I had a lot of people that were literally like, what does women supporting women even mean? Like, Or I have enough friends. It makes me laugh to this day, but I just kept going door to door. At that time, I had maybe a few hundred followers so that's why i love to share this story because it's like it doesn't matter how many followers you have you oh you have a platform no matter who you are it's your family is your platform your neighbors are your platform so just go out and talk about what you're passionate about and the difference that you want to make and you'll just see that the the right people the people that feel that calling to be a part of what you're creating will share what how they can support and it just slowly builds a community that's incredible so you, you, so at that, I mean, this is not that long ago. That, how long
1: ago was this when you, when you went door to door, literally saying, hey, when I want to create Ar- this?
0: Yeah. When I went door to door, I think that was in 2015 or 16. So in a few short years, you have actually created a, a,
1: basically like a movement almost of women helping women. So what does it look like?
0: Oh my gosh. So the first one was an event. So it's just like, I'm going to have this event. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to have it go for charity for other women that have experienced sexual assault and bullying as well, because I have some stories. Of course, through that, with all the things that have happened, you're going to have some issues in school. So I had issues in school with other women. So that's why I'm also so passionate about women supporting each other rather than competing. So I had the event go-to charities that I just knew were really making a difference that were 501c3. But at the same time, bringing women into the space without name tags, without, hi, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do. More, hi, my name is whatever. And this is what I care about. Like That was the environment that I wanted to create. And from there, it's just grown. And I've given myself permission to evolve. Like I said, I just can't... Wrote my first book, Beautifully Brave. You well, know the congratulations. Book <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of books. So how far are you in the book process? So it's out. It released in maybe... Gosh, because everything going on at the release date, I don't know if this happened to you, kept yeah. getting pushed. Yeah, everything changed a little bit, yes. <laughs> and you know, you know, in the book world that usually doesn't happen. You have your release date, and that is the date that the book that comes they stick out. to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shame. So, so you had a couple of pushes with that. Yeah. So it's been out for a few months and it hit best selling on Amazon for women's health. And oh, congratulations. Um, Can you hold up you. the book? Because I don't yeah. have
1: the book here. So it's that's amazing. Actually, oh, Oh, that's wonderful. So people can get that wherever books are sold. So what, yeah. what is, tell us about, obviously the book is your story, but tell us what, tell us more about the book.
0: Yeah. So the book is called Beautifully Brave. It's an unconventional guide to owning your worth, cultivating self-love and standing in your power. And for me, what I learned was just because so many, at least speaking for me and, and the women that I work with, everyone's like, how do I get more confidence? Like, how do I, how do that's I- a-
1: Second person, sorry to interrupt you, it's the second person I've interviewed today and the third person this week that has spoken about that particular question becoming like it's a major thing. How do I get more confidence? And I get that question all the time. So thank you for bringing that up. Okay, wonderful. Dive in.
0: And of course, with all of us, we all have different trauma. We all have different stories. No, you know, there's no comparison between people's stories and trauma. But for me, I used to ask myself that question too, because for someone that had been silenced for so much of her life, I didn't have the confidence that like that five year old girl had where she knew exactly what she wanted to do and who she wanted to help. And so I wanted to. I, the reason I say an unconventional guide is because there's just different practices in there, like screaming into the pillow, and like all these things that you could do to get energy out of your body. But I wanted to create a guide for women to realize that confidence is also a choice, and the more you love yourself, the more confident you are.
1: Oh, I can't agree with that more, and that goes totally hand in hand with our whole psychoneurobiology. So, talk about some of these unconventional practices that you mention in your book.
0: Yeah, so for me one of the things that it actually started with my first event that I was telling you about. Yeah, the very that first also, one. yeah, the very first one that even gave me the confidence to do that cuz I had no idea what I was doing. And, and I also, also also I hadn't you, I hadn't processed or healed through something really big that had happened to my, happened to me when I was 19. Like I hadn't processed that assault. So the way that I did that was I would visualize what the event would look like. I would visualize how people would feel, how I would feel. I was terrified of public speaking, but it was my event. They're like, you have to get on stage and say something. And I'm talk, like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I just want women to meet each other. Like, I'll just say hi for a second. I would sweat thinking of speaking and speaking on stage because when you're silenced and when things happen to you like that, it's like being seen is so terrifying. So at that moment in my life, I did not want to be seen. So I use visualization to heal and to also, you know, change, change the story of things that have happened in my life. Like I do that with anything. I visualize, I'm sure you do this in your practice, like with EMDR, like I visualized it happening differently, who showed up for me in that moment. And so the chapter and the science of happiness is I just kind of, it's obviously more extensive, but I just share that process. Like I, visualized myself on stage. I visualized how I, how everyone in the room looked and how they were able to heal and how women were able to start like spreading this movement of women, supporting women, which is now a viral hashtag. But at the time people were like, what does women supporting women mean? So little things that you can do yourself. And I love marrying, having your psychologist and having you know, your own self-care practices and meditation. I just love marrying it all. And I talk about different ways to do it in the book and also to discover what works best for you. Cause not just, not just one, one step, like what this 10 steps that I hand you, you might not like a few of the steps. So be able to like switch up the recipe, add your own steps in and be empowered to do that.
1: That's incredible. So at this very first event, you started getting women to talk to each other. And you, instead of, as you said, the normal, put the name tag on. I'm this and I do this. You said, I care about how did women respond? And, and you know, what has happened? Why do you think how did women respond? And why do you think this has happened? And why women have responded like this to what you're
0: doing? Yeah. So I will never forget watching like the first you walk, you walked in the room of the event and there was like an outside area. Then you walked into the full event but I I was watching women as they walked in the armor that they were wearing. Cause you're like, oh, you see all these women everywhere. She's so beautiful. Like my outfit, like, oh my gosh, I don't know anyone here. You see their instant reaction. And for me, I just, like I said, I visualized them then feeling so welcome that there was some sort of energy there that they could let that armor off a little bit. And I the way that i developed the event was i reverse engineer from how i wanted them to feel and just every single detail of the event was thought like that so i can't i cannot tell you why it worked out just the strong power of intention and visualization because i watched them with that initial like fear of walking in and then getting greeted and not having to put a name tag on name tag on and just having that energy in the room i actually watched their armor disappear and i think within the first 5 minutes of me actually standing up and literally overcoming a huge fear of mine and just being like i am so nervous right now those were like first words out of my mouth that women realize like i don't i don't need to put on like a different face right now like i can just come here and be in a beautiful environment and then of course we did exercises and like really deep questions for you to just drop right in. So it just wasn't the small talk and women were crying and connecting. And I think the, at least for that, I think that there's, and this is my experience. I think so many networking events and events in general were so like masculine. Like, why am I here? What am I going to get out of it? Like who am I like how much money am am I going to make that this and the energy of that event you could just feel it was not like that and that's where women get to come into like their feminine power and it was just like an unspoken energy that more male-dominated events we don't get to like flourish in
1: so you really got women to tap into the inner selves and to really tap into who they were and for a moment or two throw off all the veneer of who I should be and what I'm supposed to be and all the rules of society. And, and as you say that, you know, the competition, we're just not, we're just not created or structured for competition and even structured for enhancements. And I teach this so much with my work as well is that you, you, know, you enhance, two waves underneath each other will, will grow versus they'll flatline. So competition flatlines. So it sounds to me like this is what you've achieved, managed to achieve amongst women, which is not an easy thing. And you said within five minutes. So that's quite amazing for people to drop that because those women walked in, as you, as you know, with all the, all that, that armor on them, as you mentioned, and probably totally threatened about, you know, that one's richer, that one's this one, that one, that one, I've got it, what can I, whatever, whatever their thinking was, that's a lot to drop in a few minutes. So your vulnerability
0: seemed to be a key factor. I think the vulnerability, the connection, and just the way that the room and the energy was set up. Because as you know, when women when it's all women in a room and we love our men, we have so like I have so many my husbands and make so many, so it's never like against any No, no, it's just
1: just different.
0: And I hadn't really experienced that before. And I so I think a lot of the women attending hadn't experienced that before too. And I at least for me, because I as you know, going through all the things that I'd went through, I was not vulnerable. Like <laughs> I was You'd absolutely built found- up a veneer of like such a huge amount of armor. Yeah. Yeah, so much armor. So as I dropped mine, and that's what I think in friendship and relationship, and as you drop your armor and you step in and show what you want to have, you'll give it and get it in return. So I think it was it was just that that same exact thing with the event. So so it's
1: interesting though, what you're saying that women actually once they feel safe, they seem to feel safe quite quickly. Then it has this This almost viral spread, where one woman will let go, then everyone else feels safe to be able to share their vulnerabilities with each other and just rebuild and share and talk and connect. And is that what your your events are basically? Is it what what are they? Do they once they do they share? Do they talk? They do exercises. Yeah. And what does it look like now? How's it transition from that first
0: event to now? And how can? Thank you for asking. You'll have to come to one of the events. I know everyone will love you and be able to like share your gifts and just how amazing you are and what a difference that you make. So my last event, we obviously haven't had one for the last 2 years, was January 2019. And it was Girl Talk Festival. So it basically had gone from my first Girl Talk event, which was maybe like a 3-hour event to a 3-day event. The first day, it's like... What we're talking about, that armor, I realized let's give people more of a day to drop in and also have like people that they know so that they can go to the second day with friends rather than on their own. Yeah. And then the second day is all personal development, like all the amazing things that we talk about and that you do on your podcast, like all of that personal development, speakers, workshops, a lot of Mm -hmm. connecting. And then the next day is all just entrepreneurship and for women to really be proud of and tap into whatever their gifts are and whatever they want to do, whether it's like starting a business or, you know, starting something online and just really getting support through the entrepreneurship on the last day. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. Now that's, that
1: entrepreneurship, that concept is not a new concept, but what I'm hearing you say, it's, you've shifted the perception of what can I get out of you? Here's my business card. Who can you connect me with to more of one of what can I do for you? What can I do for you exactly? And what can we do together? I love that. I love that. And that's the shift, isn't it? Yes. And that's totally different to what we have been experiencing, what we currently experience in our culture and our society. Okay, so that's, that's one thing. And then I wanted to ask, what about the dominance? I know it's different now for a little different, as you mentioned, but there's still quite a strong dominant patriarchal Male-dominated. We still live in a society that needs to develop a lot more. So, how how are you dealing with that? Because, and and did you find a lot of the women, or do you find that a lot of women are not functioning, or not releasing their potential because they suppressed by religion, culture? Okay, I see you
0: smiling. You you know what I'm trying to say. What, yeah, what yeah. I do think that we have a long way to go. I think I think that there's so much. So we've come so far and we have a long way to go. And, and what I know, what I can do, what I think that everyone can do is tap into what their gifts are. And the way that you tap into that is what brings you joy, what like really excites you and where do you feel like the most in flow and put your time and energy in that. And that's when, used to, that's when you sh- see shifts within yourself, within your friend group, within your community. And I believe that even though we have a long way to go, if we as women continue to keep getting in these circles and getting having conversations like this and supporting each other and being like i'd love to have you on my podcast or i'd love to share your book or if we start doing business like that more i think that we just get stronger and stronger because we don't have control over things outside of us and we don't we don't have control over let's just call it like the masculine way of doing things but if we become more confident and more clear and grounded in our feminine power, I think that that rises above and is so strong. And if we just concentrate on that and we don't allow that, like for me, for example, I just had almost taken on that competition and that those comparison, that way of thinking, because that's what I heard my whole life. And so that's when I knew like, I was out there like, you know, trying to fight, be an activist, do all the things. And I'm like, well, well, this needs to start with me first. And then let's like bring other women in and how can I support you? What can we do together? So I think that the more we concentrate on that right now in this time, the faster and quicker things will start changing because we'll be more in our power and we'll also not be silenced. We'll have, we'll turn to our left, we'll turn to our right and we'll have 20 women there to support us and help us through it rather than when so many of us turn to our left, turn to our right when I was 19. And I was like, oh, I don't have anyone to talk to. There's no one
1: there. Whereas yeah. here now, there's, there's, there's a whole culture of, and, and it, it grows because those 20 on either side have got 20 on either side of them. So you've got this exponential growth of starting from a grassroots movement. But as you quite rightly said, I love how you stress that it starts from inside yourself. You've that confidence because if you're not, you know, and I know as a, as a scientist for the work that I do, if whatever your identity would be the first thing that I'd work on with all my patients. So, And people would often say, how do I start healing? Well, you've got to start loving yourself. You know, we, we all know that, but to know the science behind it. So just a little scientific fact, when you are helping another woman or when you're encouraging each other, like, you know, like we do now or like you do with your woman in, in the events, it increases your intelligence and your wisdom. Whereas if you're competing, you drop your intelligence and your wisdom and you think of it, you're trying to get ahead in life. You want all your intelligence, processing skills, wisdom, et cetera, to be firing. But Mm -hmm. the culture actually puts the does the opposite. So it becomes so much more difficult to do it. So you're creating a space where people can flow and develop and grow their intelligence, which is fantastic. And you're obviously seeing the results.
0: Yeah, that's actually beautiful for you to explain it like that. Because I think like from like, if you think just like back in like caveman days or something, like men are competitive men are like i want to go out and like hunt and do all these things but like you said like when women are in community and like and that nurturing and like that power and helping each other that's when our intelligent re- intelligence rises and i think for so long that because this was led by the patriarchy we were like almost getting those masculine ways of being put on us that's not the healthiest highest self most intelligent that we can be. so I love that we're in a place that people are starting to see that. And I love that you can actually explain that and show women the scientific backing on that. Because that, that really gave me chills. Oh, wow. well, you, you're doing it. You're actually making it
1: happen. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, so, it's, it's so vital for our growth as you as you explaining. I'm sure it will come as no surprise to you that to think well and manage your mental health, your brain needs proper nourishment. But many of us don't have the time to take multiple different products all day long for better brain and body health, more energy and optimized immune systems. This is why I love Athletic Greens. It has just what I need in one drink. Best of all, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy, honestly. Athletic Greens has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning when I wake up. Even my husband, who can't stand things that taste too green, loves his Athletic Greens in the morning. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your brain, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging – all the things. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash LEAF. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash LEAF to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. You know, if you think of it like competition and having the armor up and trying to defeat someone else, when you need other people, you need the deep, meaningful connections. Look at society. It hasn't worked. That's yeah. That patriarchal male dominant, even the women that adopt that kind of philosophy because of just not their fault because of culture and society, it hasn't worked, has it? I mean, it's actually just created terrible problems. But when we come together, there's, you know, so it's really to try and grow that. And we've, we've you've got to remember the seed is sown. We've got to keep reminding ourselves of how it was maybe 50 years ago compared to now and think, how will it be in 50 years? How will our Next generation, my daughters are all in their 20s, between 20 and 30. And they're so different to, there's just no ways that they would even be anything like what my grandmother or even my mother was mm-hmm. towards, you know, I would have grew up with having conversations with my mom saying, well, that's a male's job. And mm-hmm. I remember saying to her, but why? I was always kind of swimming upstream. And, you know, that was, well, that's what women do. Those conversations, we we, we don't have to have anymore. You know, they're going out, that, oh, that's not what women do. You know, it's it's not right. We've got to really... Uh-huh. And you, you creating a whole culture around that, which is incredible. So, okay. I mean, I'm, I, I'm excited for what you're doing. So, you, you, I've got so many notes that I want to, You haven't even like touched on them because you just <laughs> dived in. You, you love, you, you love talking about the psychology behind confidence, and you, and you basically. But I would love to just dive a little bit more into. You talked about you mentioned science of happiness, and obviously you've done, gone into a bit of with your training and your background, the science of confidence. Can you talk a little bit more because my audience loves science? So, just bring in a little bit of that science stuff, and maybe another tip or a tool to take people through, just to leave them with something that they could you know start moving forward in this more open minded direction of enhancement and women connecting in a deep, meaningful way.
0: Yeah, so it's the same thing that you've said, like when we actually reach out and bring other people along and we're using that part of our brain that's that like healthy, how can I help you? what can, like that is the same thing with confidence. if you're using that part of your brain of, okay, what how do i get to love myself what do i need to do right now in this moment to love myself or make my body feel good or, or learn something that actually shows you, that actually will show and signal to your body that you're going to show up for it so for me i realized with the com- with confidence and also the science behind it it was like i say i'm going to work out tomorrow and then i wake up and uh i don't want to work out anymore okay what what are you telling yourself it's just the same way with your relationship Your friend tells you, hey, we're going to go to lunch and they always cancel on you. How do you feel towards them? What's the energy towards them? What is your brain signal towards them? Like That's the same with how you feel about yourself. So if you tell yourself you're going to do something and you're not doing it, you're taking trust away from yourself. And therefore, you don't trust yourself. So how would you be able to have confidence? How would you be able to have confidence in yourself? So... Everyone always says it's so hard and almost intangible to like, what is self-love and what, like, how do you have it and how do you get it and all these things. And it's, it's not like something that you get and you have, it's something that have have a relationship with yourself for your entire life that you're always working on. So for me, I'm like, oh, the way that I could have self-confidence and this is tangible is if I actually show up for myself. If I actually say and do the things that I'm going to do, I keep my word to myself. I go and get a massage or go and get body work that I was supposed to do, or I go on that walk. It's, you are a human being. It'd be the same things if you leave a plant and you don't water it and you don't talk to it and you just pass it by, it's gonna die. If you just leave yourself and you're just focused on other people all the time and not nurturing yourself, what's gonna happen to you? But if you're nurturing yourself all the time, watering yourself, listening to yourself, that's when you're just like, oh, I absolutely love myself. I feel so good in my body. I feel sharp and intelligent. Every day is different. But for me, it's just like, of course, that was like an aha, duh moment where that is where confidence comes from.
1: I absolutely love that. I love the word that, that, the fact that you use the word trust. That's really brilliant because... That Do we trust ourselves? It's just such a simple example that you've given of, you know, you promise something to do something and then you don't do it. It's, it's towards yourself because your mind drives your brain and your body and you've got your messy mind and, your, and you've got your wise mind and, and, you know, you allow your messy mind to dominate and you just, you kind of, the, there is a trust that's broken within yourself and that definitely would take your confidence away because you've got to believe in yourself to be able to do anything. So it's that, we always talk about someone who's, I, I think of that space, if you say someone's confident, what is generally the sentence that goes after that? It's generally something along the lines of they're just so confident in, the, in themselves. They're so, no matter what, they're just, they're just oozing out of them. So it's coming from inside of ourselves and, and we're wired for love and we're wired for optimism bias. And we, we've got this whole mind-brain-body connection that drives us in that direction. And so the trust aspect is absolutely vital. I love that you said that. That's really, really fantastic. And it's primary in, in order to be able to, for us to move forward. So that's that's great so do you have an exercise or a tip or anything that people can start can, people could I mean they must get your book and that that's really it has, you've, you've got a lot in there and they can follow you obviously on Facebook and we'll get all that in a moment and on an Instagram. but is there something that if you had to give someone a pearl of wisdom now who's really thinking, okay, but you know, I get this and I get that and it makes sense, but how do I actually start trusting myself? You gave it one example of the workout thing. I think that's fantastic, but let's take that maybe a little bit deeper because I think that's a really, really excellent point that you've made—the yeah. trusting of yourself. That's that's deep. Let, let's talk more about that, and because I think sometimes maybe we gloss over this. I like that. I like. To,
0: I'd like to have a, dive a little deeper into trusting yeah. yourself. So, in terms of trusting yourself, I think the awareness of it is so huge. So, if you're if you're listening right now, and you're like, "Oh, I don't even." Do I trust myself? Do I say what I'm gonna do? Just the awareness of that when you go throughout your day, even what you're saying to other people or even when you're you're scheduling things and putting things on your calendar and you're like, "Oh, I don't really want to do that, but I'm gonna put it on, and I'll just you know I'll do it later. Start thinking about it in terms of being really intentional just for like the next couple of days. Take a little inventory and give yourself a little score like Everything you're about to plan, everything you say that you're going to do, when you say it or when you're about to say it, take some inventory of, do I want to do this? Do I plan to do this? And then keep track of if you did follow through. Don't shame yourself, but just kind of get like a little grasp of where you're at in that department. And then just start empowering yourself to be like, I'm not going to say that I'm going to do something that I know that I'm not going to do. Or if it's something like a workout and you're like, but that's actually really, really good for me. So, what kind of workout? That's where you go into the second step of like, what kind of workout would, or what kind of thing could I do for my, for my body that I would actually wanna show up at? It's just like getting to know yourself again, almost like dating yourself, being, a fr- being friends with yourself. So, I like to take a little inventory of where you're at, figure out then how you can have it work for you so that you're not letting yourself down. And when you do those two things, you'll just start naturally feeling that trust and like almost the way that you love someone else in your life you'll start like feeling that internally and you'll want to keep doing more of it and then a third step which you could start now is i i don't know if you do any journaling but when i wake up in the morning i i know this is like some people are like this is really basic but When I wake up in the morning, I'll think of things that I'm grateful for. It doesn't have to be every single thing just to get that frequency going. And then I'll do at least five minutes of journaling. You could even do two minutes just to like write down like anything that's coming up, or maybe your whole to-do list is in your way. Or you could use the time to write down what you want your day to look like and just start it, just start it like being more of the co-creator of your life rather than just letting like things happen to you and having like no say in it throughout your day. It's a new year, which means many of us are looking for ways to improve
1: our mental and physical well-being, including myself. One important way I want to improve my health this year is by making sure I'm getting enough good quality protein every day. And no, this is not just for building muscles when I work out. Protein is essential for many biological functions, including how we think, feel and build memory. This is why I love Ritual's Essential Protein, a delicious plant-based protein offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs and made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. I personally add their essential protein for 50 plus to coconut milk every morning for a quick breakfast smoothie. It is so delicious and easy to remember as I go about my daily routine, especially with their flexible and easy to use subscription service. All Ritual's protein powders are made with a complete amino acid profile and have a great taste. They use delicious handcrafted vanilla flavor from sustainably harvested Madagascar vanilla bean extract, as well as sustainably sourced ingredients. Are you ready to shake up your protein ritual? My listeners get 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. Ritual even offers a money back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Just visit ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf today for 10% off your first three months. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. There's a term that i Concept I've been researching for 38 years and, and developed a system called the neurocycle out of it. And it's basically the self regulation, mind management. I call talk about mind management and self regulation. And in the neurocycle, the third and fourth step are two different types of journaling. So, yes, I totally and utterly agree with you. There is so much value in doing that. And as you say, how you start the day is vital because as you wake up, it sets the tone. You know, and so those little things, but all of these things that you're saying are almost like Little rewards that you're giving yourself as well. So it's the trusting, the, you know, the self care, the reward. Because women are almost trained to, well, you just got to self sacrifice. That's your role. You know, a good woman does this, this, and this. Runs off everyone else. You know, this has just got to go because you can't do that forever. You're going to become bitter, broken, twisted, and you you, you cannot give when you are not self loving if you haven't set those those self love boundaries. So I'm glad that you've emphasised the reward, a little bit of, you didn't specifically say that word reward, but you said give yourself the time to do those, you know, well done and do those things, get the, the massage, the body work, the, the time to read a great fiction book or whatever it may be. Go for that walk in nature, whatever it is. Because we don't allow ourselves to do that. When we do, we feel guilty. I mean, right. I, I'm sure you get it. I just get thousands of comments and direct messages and people in conferences saying to me that, yeah, but I don't have time for that. If you don't have time for that, you don't have time for anything else either, because everything else is going to be a half job, and it's going to be so stressful for you.
0: Yeah, and you're basically saying, "Oh, I don't have time for you." To yourself, imagine what you—if you said that to your child or to a friend or to—I don't have time for you. You're literally, Ouch. yeah.
1: No, that's really good to look at it like that. Would you say that to your child? You know, and it's so. I think you know, I'm so glad we've come to this level of consciousness where we are we are allowing ourselves so much more. So I do so many interviews like you probably do as well. And this conversation that you and I are having, I'm very pleased to say that it's happening so much more. 38 yeah. years ago when I started in the field, it was this, you, you wouldn't even dream of having a conversation like this. It would be, I was always like challenged for swimming upstream and that kind of stuff. So I want to just say thank you to you for, Pushing this boundary and really encouraging women, because once you let that flow go, it just spreads, doesn't it? And that's mm-hmm. what you're. So this is my last question: this spread of you—you've you, you, got a hashtag that's gone viral. There's you've got these groups. You've reached so many women, and it's it's multiplying. It's multiplying fast. Is it faster than what you actually anticipated? Or can you see that viral effect? You're just basically opening something that's natural. So that's why it's just spreading. You've opened something that should have been opened a long time ago and you're making it, helping it to facilitate the spread.
0: Yeah, I I think it's that. I I look back and I'm like, whoa, or I remember like planning my first event. But I think it's what you said. It's like, this is natural inside of us. We've just been taught an unnatural way and now we're all getting back to our natural way and just supporting each other and really unlearning like a lot of crap that like we should have never been doing in the exactly, first Exactly, exactly. And it's the
1: unlearning that takes a little bit of time and then it creates resistance from particularly maybe the elderly people in our elder people in our lives and our parents or religious communities. So here's my my let's put it my last question to you. There is resistance because you now are cha- you You're coming against a cultural norm. Mm-hmm. What do you? How have you dealt with that? And how do you? Have have the ladies that you work with brought that kind of thing up to you? But, gosh, now my husband's saying this, or the church is saying that, or my boss is thinking this, or I'm being told I'm this aggressive woman who's power hungry, or you know these terrible comments that come mm-hmm. out of someone who's basically being themselves and being successful at being themselves. The the negative reactions. Have have you encountered that? And do you have any advice around that?
0: Yeah. So I have a, like a whole journey with that because when I was first starting my business, I was encountering that, encountering that so much, especially like within my own family. And then, then you bring up all your like family triggers and you're like, oh, I'm not safe if I'm like sweet. Like, but that was a whole, you know, a whole other other
1: story, another (laughs) whole conversation, how to deal with that. You'll have to do it sometime.
0: Yeah, definitely. But for now, what I'm grateful for is that, like you said, you know, we have a long way to go, but but we're not looking over our shoulder and not finding anyone there. Now there's people there. There's other women to talk to. So it makes it easier. But I think that that little trigger that am I doing something wrong or I'm going to be called too much or bossy or abrasive, like you said, that's still there because that's what we've experienced either all of our lives or most of our life. So it's like, you're like, rising up and doing something about it. But you're also like, there's a little voice inside, like, are you going to get in trouble for this? Or am I like, I come across it because now I'm, I'm going into like the tech industry. So I'm around Mm -hmm. more male energy now. So sometimes I'll catch myself being like totally like clear to the point, exactly what I said. And then I'll get off and I'll be like, Oh, they're going to think I'm... Being X Y Z, or was that too aggressive? And I'm like, wait, why am I still asking myself these questions? So it's just like part of the process.
1: So the thing to do there is to actually allow yourself to to recognize what you did. You recognize that statement in yourself, and recognize that that's not you. Don't have to feel like that. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to pick up there. You don't have to reconform to be accepted by them. But and that shift, whenever there's a shift, it's going to be a little bit painful. And mm-hmm. to almost set that boundary of protection around yourself to be able to keep moving forward. So, do a lot of women encounter this that you share with that you work
0: with? Yeah, I think one of the things that I hear the most is just women feeling like that too much, like they've been told they're too much, or you know, like they dim it down a little bit, or you're you're being too loud, or you know, that outfit. And I think that pretty much every single woman that I meet, encounter, work with, has experienced that, and still, even though that they know that that isn't the truth, they'll get those little voices like I shared.
1: So what do you tell them to do when they, when they share that with you?
0: I think it's good that they share. I tell them that when you are feeling that, find that safe space to share it. And then also that you get to remind yourself that you know exactly like who you are, what you said, the place that it came from, and that we also get to stop second guessing ourselves and just have those safe spaces to be like, oh, that came up again, but I know that's not the truth. And for me, the thing that I tell a lot of my clients and for anything is just for when you have a safe space to share, because we've been silenced for so long or so scared of judgment and just being able to share it and say it out loud and then be able to let it go is so huge.
1: That's so good because as you said, for so many years, you experience that you shove it down and you think you've done something wrong. Now you've added to your toxic levels and that's damaging your brain and your body and all these things you say, you know, turn around, there's 20 here, there's 20 here, talk, get it out, process it, get more perspective and that'll help you. This has been wonderful. I have loved this conversation. It's such an important conversation and, you know, it's one that needs to be had a lot more often and dived into, in you know, a in a really deep way. And we've just really got to keep the momentum going. So I want to thank you for what you're doing because I think it's very, very significant for the growth of the human race. We've got to really allow each and every one of us to really become who we are so thank you for sharing that how can people get hold of you and get hold of your book and find out more about you
0: yeah well thank you so much too especially when you've been doing this for so long when you were like the only one going upstream so thank you thank you for being able to explain just the science and for people to really understand that for them to know like oh this really does make a difference so I'm just so honored to be here and talk to you today. And I know, I don't know if anyone can see we're wearing the exact same color. I know, I know, look at that. (laughs) We didn't plan it.
1: (laughs) No, we didn't plan it, but it certainly worked.
0: (laughs) Yes, but you can find Beautifully Brave anywhere books are sold. And you can follow me on Instagram, connect with me, send me a DM at Sarah Pendrick. I love connecting with people on Instagram. Oh, thank you so much for joining me
1: today. It's been really, it's been a lovely conversation and such an important one and so much fun. And keep doing what you're doing. And I look forward to connecting again. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned